This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And as always, brought to you by Matty Ice Media. Big shout out to them. And I hope everybody had a great week and is coming into this Friday refreshed or at least looking to be refreshed by the weekend. The last few weeks for me have been interesting to say the least, and they've been interesting on the front of uh, familial relationships and just relationships in and around us that I think, I don't want to say go unchecked for many years, but we generally tend to accept a lot of things about people in our lives to an extent that we don't question whether we should be or not. And it's a weird place to be in because the line that we tell from being completely unwilling to accept people's faults um, and also being somebody who can be stepped on can be very, very fine at times. And I don't think we necessarily take into account how to best navigate that. So I find that uh, there's a lot of times when somebody gets sick or when somebody has a diagnosis that we know is terminal or will be terminal in the near future, we generally tend to look favorably upon them and we excuse a lot of the things that they've either done or had you know in the past or in their most recent uh, past and i find myself challenged by this concept because for me i've been taught my whole life that accountability is something that means something it matters to people it should matter to me and it does matter to me as an aquarius if you believe in that sort of thing uh, i am you know, somebody who holds myself to a very, very high standard, an impossible high standard sometimes, to the point that I really don't give myself enough credit for what I am good at or the things that I have done well in my life. And I'm constantly looking at the things that are a detriment to me, the things that I need improvement on. And I don't take compliments very well. I don't do very well when people say, hey, that was good stuff or that was a nice job, even when it comes to this show. Uh, having people reach out to me and tell me, I really loved your episode on this, or I really love your work here. Please keep up the good work. Keep up that voice. I find myself uncomfortable by it because as I'm doing it, I find that it's terrible. I find that it's not good stuff or that my efforts aren't nearly as good as they could be. And I don't know, like I'm somebody who has always held myself to the standard and I hold myself to a very accountable standard that when I mess up, I want somebody to tell me this and I want to actually have a dialogue and think about ways in which I can improve. So a few years back, I had an incident with a family member who I won't you know, name, and there was a disagreement about how I should handle a certain situation. She got sick, uh, she lived away from where I was living. I was living in Virginia, which I still am. She was living in California and she was sick. Um, and it was basically expected that I pick up and move myself from one part of the country to the other. Now, at this time in my life, uh, my wife and I weren't married yet. We were going to be engaged very, very soon. We did not have children. Uh, and honestly, I had a full-time job that I was just getting traction in terms of promotion. And it was a very, very difficult time as it related to my personal life. Uh, I wanted to be there for this person. I wanted to do what I could to support them for the things that they needed. And we tried to come up with something logical. We tried to come up with a reasonable sort of compromise as to how we could support. And I say we because at the time, even though she wasn't my wife yet, she felt that it was uh, you know, on us as a couple because we were headed toward being a married couple. We were going to be getting married. Uh, I you know, it proposed to her a couple of months after this diagnosis, my wife, I mean, 
And so we were in this for the long haul. And we offered to have this person come live with us. We offered to do some things that we could, knowing that there are doctors here that could help out and that we could still basically, uh, you know, keep our personal lives going in terms of our work, in terms of what we were building as a couple. We were just moving into a place together, actually living together for the first time. And so there was a lot of things that we were trying to do to tell this line. And what we ended up finding was that this person felt that everything that we offered wasn't good enough. And not only did she turn on us, but she made it so that other people around her turned on us as well to the point that we received nasty emails, nasty letters. Letters were sent to my father. Uh, my friends were attempted to be contacted, you know, to basically try and turn as many people against me as she could. Uh, this led to a very, very long estrangement. And I'll be honest, it's one that I haven't really gotten over. Uh, while there are things that have changed in this time period, um, you know, this person is once again sick. And I find myself struggling with this a little bit, mainly because um, I do feel bad, right? Like I don't ever wish ill will upon anybody, even Donald Trump. I've been very, very outspoken about how I felt that he was unfit to be president and that he as a human being is not a desirable human being and somebody that I would want around myself or somebody that I would want my son to emulate. But never in a thousand years would I wish him to get COVID, would I wish him to die, would I wish him to get anything. It's just not who I am. I don't feel that that kind of negativity is best served pushing it forward to somebody else. And as a human being, when I look at how people suffer through these diseases, especially things like cancer or Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's, it can't help but hurt you a little bit when you hear about what people go through. When you see people suffering from these diseases that we just can't seem to get any type of relief from. I will say this, and this is an aside from this conversation, but as far as accountability is concerned, how is it that all of these scientists are not accountable for the fact that we can get brand new iPhones every year? We can get new computers, we can get new social media adaptations, but we can't get any semblance of a cure for cancer. My wife and I were talking about cancer the other day because both of our families have a rich history of people who have had cancer. Thankfully, a lot of people who have survived cancer up until this point. Um, but yet, the best thing that we can offer for people in their time of need is a form of poison, essentially. Uh, we don't have anything revolutionary, not even close to being on the table, let alone close to being put in production. And this is this is not something that's just come about. Cancer is not something we have just discovered in the last 10 years and we're trying our best to fight it. This isn't COVID-19 where we took so long to figure out what the hell it even was. And now we're finally getting to a place where we understand it as far as treatment, we have a vaccine and so forth. We have had cancer in our lives in humanity since basically the dawn of time. The growth of cells, the negative growth of cells in terms of eating away at your body, we have had that in as part of who we are for so long now and yet the treatments really haven't changed. The awareness has changed. So many people are out there wearing ribbons and shirts and colored things to support these people doing walks and so forth. And we give millions and millions of dollars every year to the advancement of the science, of the medicine of this. But yet, where are we? We're still giving out chemotherapy. We're still doing radiation treatment. There's nothing that we have done to this point to eradicate any form of cancer. However, what we have done is made it easier to treat certain types of cancer. So if you get a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, it's pretty much a death sentence. However, if you get colon cancer and catch it early, you have a chance. And that's really, really disappointing because we should be able to do something better for these people. Maybe put aside the science and the research that we're doing 
for new iPhones and new Macs and new social media apps and maybe put it toward this. Maybe put our collective mind space toward this because I'll tell you something, like all these new technologies and gadgets and so forth are fine. They're at a detriment to our societal needs, in my opinion, and they're not further advancing the medicine. And I feel like we as a society should be saying, we can go for three years without Facebook, but we can't go three years with millions of people dying from cancer. So anyway, that's my aside. So one of the things that I'm experiencing here is an inability to feel full sympathy and empathy for somebody that is in need, somebody that has made a lot of uh, decisions in their life that have affected a lot of people, right? They haven't just affected themselves. And that's when it comes down to account accountability. When I was a kid, and I think a lot of people are made to feel this way, maybe in my age bracket, possibly not as much with younger people, but you have to work for what you have and you make decisions. You make mistakes too. We all make mistakes in life. And that's, I think, an important concept to understand is that you're always gonna make mistakes. The people around you are always going to make mistakes. And I used to say this, and people used to think that it was such a negative outlook, but I would tell people, the people that you love are going to let you down at some point in your life. There is no way that you can get around the idea that somebody is going to err or make a mistake and that you in some way are never going to. You are people are going to let you down. The people that are closest to you are going to let you down in some way. But what really matters is how you bounce back from that. What matters is what you learn from that. If you are somebody who has let somebody down, you've made a mistake, said something you didn't mean to say or didn't want to say, I should say, because we mean to say it. It's just a matter of we said the wrong thing, right? And what do you do when you are faced with consequences from this? How do you adapt? How do you get better? Do you become better as a person? I know that there have been times when I've been told I'm a terrible communicator as it relates to long distance. And there are some times when I'm really bad at communicating as it relates to when I'm told about something that I did wrong. Instead of taking the criticism, if you will, and making it constructive, I internalize it and make it personal. And what have I learned to do? You know, I've learned to sort of curb that a little bit to understand where that comes from so that I can better my reactions going forward. However, there are people that are completely unaware of how they treat others. There are people that are completely unaware of how the words that they say impact other people. And there's a bunch of people that I'm sure you know who say, well, I didn't mean to say that. And here's what I've come to learn as an adult. If you say something, you already automatically mean it because it's something that was on your mind in the first place. And we come to this place a lot with people who get caught saying insensitive or racial things. And they say, that's not who I am. I didn't mean to say that. The fact that it even came out lets you know that it is in their conscious or subconscious at some point in time. You can't get around that. Anybody who uses the N-word has either used it before or has it has become normalized in their life to the point that somebody else has said it or that you know somebody else um, has allowed them to say it and therefore it is normal to them. It is who they are. It doesn't mean that they are somebody who's gonna go out and like murder black people intentionally. It just means that they have been taught a way of life that is insensitive to the way other people live. It's insensitive because it looks at the way somebody else looks and automatically associates a negative connotation with them, right? But again, in these instances, you mean what you say, but what you need to understand is that it can't be unheard. You can't unsay it. 
people don't realize this on social media a lot. I, I go through the Twitter timelines a lot of times because I want to see the types of things that people are willing to put out there as a representation of themselves. What are they willing to put out there? A lot of stuff. So many dudes will make uh, fake Twitter accounts to basically tell women that they don't know what they're doing and to essentially further misogyny in a way that is uncomfortable. But there's no consequences in their mind because they get rid of the account, they make another burner account and they go forward. Thankfully, a lot of women on Twitter and these social media platforms have learned to understand how these men are going about this, or it could even be other women perpetrating it because I have seen a lot of female on female hate as it relates to females who become successful. I don't understand that either, but um, there's just a dynamic that has been made in this country that if you are not, like if you're not one of the majority and you're in the minority, you have to fight tooth and nail with all the people within your group to get there. Women feel like they are the enemy of other women and so and vice versa. And instead of being on the same page and trying to elevate women in general, well, they have to make sure they look out for themselves. And so it's a really cutthroat way that we do business. I'll be perfectly honest with you. But accountability. Think of a time where you have been angry. Think of the time that, a time that you have been upset and you've said something to somebody that you deeply care about and you find out in the immediate future or even years later that when you said that to me it really made me feel a certain way it made me feel this way and i've never been able to forget it what was your reaction to that the people that i'm talking about the people that i reference here in a lot of ways have continued that behavior because they have learned through the behavior of people that came before them you know vis-a-vis -vis parents vis-a-vis -vis other people within the, the dynamic that the there the means always justify the ends always justify the means excuse me so uh, i feel that that's not always the case i feel that there are ways that we conduct ourselves as human beings that do ultimately have an effect on who we are in the future they directly impact relationships and there's a lot of the dynamic between say a parent and child or other familial relationships that it doesn't mean that things are different, right? You're still human beings in the end. If you say something to your brother or sister that is completely out of bounds, they are within their right to be able to say to you, that hurt, don't ever say that again. And they're also within their right to cut you out of their lives. Just because there is some type of a family connection or just because you are somebody who is deeply connected to somebody through friendship or what have you, it doesn't mean that they are obligated to stay with you even though you treat them terribly. And does this change when we are dying or when we're sick, right? Can we look at people differently for who they are in a, in a singular moment and completely forget who they were before? We struggle with this, right? Adolf Hitler killed himself, right, before he was able to be taken to task for all the heinous things that he did throughout the world during World War II. But let's say that that didn't happen, right? Let's say that we caught Abraham, we caught Abraham Lincoln, good Lord. Let's say that we caught Adolf Hitler and he went to jail. And while he's in jail, he got pancreatic cancer and he suffered and died, right? Are we looking at him differently in that moment? Or are we always remembering the things that he did? The things, the lines that were crossed that can never be uncrossed, right? The boundaries that were completely shattered in the name of an ideal that dehumanized so many, many, many people, millions and millions and millions and millions of people, right? Are we overlooking that? And it doesn't have to be on this grand of a scale, but I'm using this as an example. What about a dad who molests his children? 
right? Molests his children. He gets he gets old and he goes into a home and he's all alone there. Nobody goes to visit him, right? Nobody cares about his existence there. Is that something that we should feel sad about? That look at how lonely he is. I think you can feel pity because he has lived his life in a way that has alienated him from the people who are supposed to be there to love him, right? You're supposed to want to be cared for at the end of your life in a way, I, and I mean you should want to be cared for, is in you have cultivated relationships that make people want to be there, not out of a sense of obligation, but out of a sense of love because they don't want you to be alone in your last days. That's what the fear of everybody is, to die alone with no semblance of control. And death in and of itself is a lack of control. We can't decide how we die. We can't dictate that to anybody. It will happen when we're least expecting it, and it will be what it will be. We will be dead. Our life legacy will have been written up until that point. But I've talked about previous episodes in knowing what people say about you when you die, right? I think everybody would wish that they could go to their funeral and hear what people would have to say about them. But what's disappointing about that is we don't say those things to those people before they die, right? That we should be saying those things. But I really, really am struggling right now because I want to feel bad for people that are in this position, right? You wanna feel bad for people who have lost the control in their life to where their hopes and dreams for whatever it is that they had left in their life is not in their hands anymore. They can't make that decision anymore. It's sad. You don't wanna see that for anybody, right? You want people to be in control up until their last breath, or at least control as much as they can, to be able to close as many doors in their life as they can, to rectify as many mistakes as they possibly can so that they die with a clear conscience on their mind. But what about before they get to that part and they're still treating people terribly and you hear these stories directly from others, right? The things that they say to people, bringing up mistakes that these people made 30, 40, 50 years ago, telling them that they're no good because they haven't lived the life that this person has deemed fitting, uh, completely dismissing help, right? I talked about helping others in like one of the first episodes I ever did, maybe the third or fourth episode. And I said that we should do what we can to help as many people as possible, that we should do what we can to help others around us. And it is the small microtransactions that I'm talking about. Helping your elderly neighbor carry groceries in. Or during the pandemic, you heard about people buying groceries, finding toilet paper and paper towels for their elderly neighbors and bringing them to them, right? Doing something selfless that has nothing to do with getting any type of reward or any sense of obligation, but just doing something nice because it's the right thing to do. And thinking about somebody else for a change. We should want to do those things for others. And we would be in a much better place if we were doing those things for others. If we thought about ourselves a microsecond less than we already do. And I realize that this message might fall flat on a podcast in which I'm the only person talking. But these are the things that I think about on a daily basis. These are the things that I struggle with. Right now, I'm the voice on the show. I'm the host. I'm Matty Ice. And I have a humanity to me that is out there. And despite whatever persona you think that is put on here, this is me. This is the genuine me. And I struggle just like everybody else with these concepts. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, right? There have been times that I've let people down. In the immediate past, I've let people down. It's going to happen. And it always will happen. It's how we go forward and how we better ourselves. And what I think I struggle with as somebody who holds myself to such a high standard and who was taught throughout my entire life that you should be accountable for the mistakes that you make, but not dwell on them, 
to be accountable and move forward and grow, progress, evolve. And when you see people who taught you that or attempted to tell you that, not practice what they preach, and you see them treat people terribly, even in the face of their own mortality, even in the face of the fact that you have somebody who is giving away their current life, and we're talking about relationships with spouses and kids and so forth, to help you, to advocate for you, and the best thing that you can do is tell them that they suck because they're not doing, oh, they let me down because they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And it's like, think about how much this person sacrificed for you. Think about how much somebody has to love you to do what they're doing for you, to sacrifice, to advocate for you, to make sure that in the end, you are safe and you're healthy and that you can do whatever you can to basically, um, you know, have some semblance of control and some semblance of quality and happiness to the end of your life. But when you constantly are spitting in the face of those people, how is it that we're supposed to feel sympathy for you? How do we, you know, process the idea that you are in a place that sucks, that everybody can agree sucks, but then you're also not appreciative of the fact that what you have, as small as it may seem, and as un, you know, uncontrollable as it may seem, it's something. It's something that other people don't have for. And I will close with this. Cleveland told me once that when his dad had cancer, he was very, very sick. And Cleveland came in and asked him, how are you doing? And he, his dad said, I'm doing okay. You know, there's people who are praying for what I have. And Cleveland couldn't understand this concept. And his dad said, I'm feeling really terrible, but there are people that are praying for what I have. So when you think about the things in your life, when you think about what you have, think about all the things we take for granted, which is a natural human instinct. We do it all the time. It doesn't make you a bad person. But think about it. Do you appreciate those things that you have, even if it's really small? The idea that you can just go and sit at a beach if you wanted to should be seen as a good thing, right? The idea of being able to talk to people on FaceTime when you wouldn't normally be able to see them before, those are good things. The fact that you have people that visit you, that care about you, that check in with you, those are good things. And maybe be a little bit of appreciative for it because once you get to a certain place, you wanna be remembered for what you actually did and not something that you you know, are known for in this moment. Because I know that when I die, I'm the collection of everything that I did in my life, not just sympathy because I'm sick now. And so I was just really struggling with that this week. So if you're struggling with that too and you know somebody who you feel bad for, but this person has always maintained who they are and never adapted in any way to the point that you feel like you've grown, but you've grown out of them. You've grown past them. Uh, let me know. Hit me up on mattysmedia.com where you can find embedded players of all of our podcasts there, including this one. Uh, if you do listen to the show, please subscribe. Please rate. It means a lot. Um, I definitely am looking to keep, keep the content coming, keep the progress coming. And I want to get this show out to more and more people. But to everybody who has listened in the States, internationally, I love you guys. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Also, hit me up on Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. Send me a DM, uh, anything. I'm always looking to connect. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. And I will talk to you next week. Peace. Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.